All right, guys. Support for the podcast is brought to you by Loco Coffee. These guys bring you cold brew coffee mixed with additives. Two simple ingredients. You got your cold brew coffee, and then in the what color is this? This is green. I'm a little colorblind. In the green can, they have maple water. In the blue can, they have coconut water. All right. So they mix the the cold brew coffee with that two ingredients. That's it. Gives you over 200 milligrams of caffeine in a bottle. Gives you natural electrolytes and energy, um, antioxidants as well from that. No sugar. If you guys want to check them out, use code Pardon Me for 20% off. And their website is drinklococoffee.com. All right. Check them out. Good guys. Uh, small company. And uh, they support us. So we're going to support them. And I hope you guys do too. Check them out one more time. That is drinklococoffee.com. Use code Pardon Me for 20% off. Check them out. All right, guys, support for Pardon Me Podcast comes from Manscaped. All right, guys, you guys already, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you know what Manscaped is about. If you don't, it's very self-explanatory. Manscaped is a one-stop shop for men's grooming products. You got your your ball trimmers. So this is the lawnmower. There it is right there, the lawnmower 3.0. This thing has ceramic blades. It's guaranteed not to nick your balls. I guess we've, or not I guess, I know, we've all been in a spot where we've been trimming up, cleaning up for that special night, for that special somebody, just to open yourself up in the shower and bleed all over the place. It grabs you, it pulls the hair out. You don't want that. This thing is guaranteed not to do that, guys. I've been testing this thing out, and uh, I can safely say that this thing works. All right, guys, and they have everything. They've got nose hair trimmers. They've got nail clippers. They've got ball wipes. They've got uh, deodorant sprays for your nuts. All things undercarriage for men. And a, um, I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus, but I definitely know some ladies that use the Manscaped products as well from their mans. All right, guys, if you guys want to grab some of your own this holiday season, use code Pardon Me for 20% off. All right, guys, code, pardon me, 20% off at manscaped.com. Keep those nuts happy. Keep your ladies happy. And um, yeah, send me send me DMs. Let me see what you're working with. Support for the show, pardon me, is brought to you by Soul Water. All right, these guys are a small company based in New Jersey. They are ex-military. They are CrossFitters, athletes, and outdoor enthusiasts. These guys make a 100% all-natural uh, drink. It has three ingredients, water, Himalayan sea salt, and lemon juice, all right? Those are gonna be great for hydration. I like to hit that mixture. I've been hitting that mixture since 2016, pretty much. I've been doing my own little concoction, but have since fell off the wagon just because of how hard it is to make that every morning. That's where these guys come in. They're great, it's in a can, you grab it, you pop it, you go, whenever you need it. Whether you're gonna drink it in the morning, throughout the day, after a long, hard workout, check them out. It's gonna be at soulwatercompany.com. If you guys use code PARDONME, you'll get 10% off. And then an added benefit, these guys care about giving back. Every can purchase, they donate five cents to help save Amazon rainforests. All right, guys, that's soulwater.com. Use the code pardon me for that 10% off. Check them out. See how you like them. We've been drinking them in here. The guests have been liking them. I've been loving them. And uh, we'll keep supporting these guys because they're supporting us. So check them out, soulwatercompany.com. Support for the podcast is brought to you by X Works. 
All right, we love XWorks here. I've been using them for a number of years. Uh, I've been using, they started with just pre-workout and have really stayed pretty grassroots and true to who they are by only making a select number of products that they do to the best of their ability. So they make sure that all the right ingredients are in there that only do what they want the product to do. No fillers, no additives, no garbage, no bullshit. Like you're not gonna see a ton of shit in there with the name like xylitol or like xanthan gum or other things you can't pronounce and I don't, I'm not smart enough to know what they are. Um, so check them out, xworks.com. They sell a number of products now that they've developed from the ground up. Uh, my favorites are their pre-workout, their Ignite. That's their flagship product that they started off with. Uh, they sell a grow product, which is their protein. That's another one of my staples. That protein has 100% whey protein isolate. It's from grass-fed cows. Um, no artificial sweeteners, no flavors, no coloring, uh, soy and gluten-free, duh. All kinds of information on each one of their products and how to best use them is on their website, xworks.com. And recently, they have just uh, relaunched a CBD cream rub, and they also have CBD droplets and pills as well. So I go to them for all of our supplements and have been trusting them for years. You guys should too. Check them out. They support us. Support them. xworks.com. conditioning in the calf that you forget that you use like because growing up play a lot of running sports and or I did at least and you forget that it's a very specific type of pain it's a very specific type of conditioning to be able to just run all day every day and just do it over and over and over again and when you're a kid you don't think about it you're just going go 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 tell me to run go all the sports you play just are running. Keep running. Yeah. Just keep running. I but remember. then once you get past it, you feel good. Like once you can break past that barrier. But how do we how do we lose that? As adults, we lose that so quickly. We go from running all the time as kids, moving our bodies, and then as adults, we get so stagnant in daily life that then just moving our bodies becomes a hard task. <laughs> Social norms, man. Like mental mental exhaustion is a thing like i worked at at&t for a while all i did was stand in one place and walk <laughs> two feet to the to the display case to show them the phone and come back and talk to them more i realized i did a lot of talking and i was just exhausted when your brain goes you're just like ah, fuck it yeah Whatever. and you're not you're not thinking you need to take care of yourself like yeah. most people don't understand how to take care of themselves i figured no they don't understand like even though i'm just standing like in your case you're just standing being like hey welcome to at&t <laughs> you yeah you went over your data this month you're gonna be charged <laughs> extra no there's nothing we can do about it that's gonna blow you up and you have to keep stretching you got to keep your nutrition on point hydration we're chronically dehydrated in america i feel like 100 percent. and then we drink so much coffee that it just makes it way worse speaking of coffee <laughs> i don't know about you but i'm getting my natural with matcha. matcha um and then we just come like day after day after day we don't take care of ourselves it's it's a it's a mess and then we wonder why we break down but the people that can figure it out 
they got they got something special. I mean, in our case, like you and I, like we make it a purpose. Like same thing with your wife, Jess. We all make it a purpose to like go and get the recovery. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like everybody just keeps going on this like daily routine, and that's why I love the book Atomic Habits. Uh, you just got to start off slow. Plug. That's true, though. Start with the the. Yeah. That's, just keep doing it. That's a good book. I haven't read it, but it's a good book. <laughs> I've um, read it and it's a great book. It's literally like, yeah. yeah, you just start with the minutia. Like, if you want to stop coffee, just like take off one cup a day, one cup a day, yeah. down to like just at six o'clock, and then you just finally give it up. That's why I started doing matcha instead of coffee. Yeah, you've been doing that for a while. Yeah, and I just assumed because because you're Asian, and that too. Not gonna lie, like when it comes to like tea, yeah. I'm proud that I. It's a cultural thing. Grew up drinking tea. Yeah. Brits, Asians, where else in the world drinks tea? India. India. Anywhere anywhere that Britain has had. Oh, okay. Well, Colonized, Chinese, kind yeah, of? Chinese, too, I guess. In Dubai, they drink, in the Middle East, I know they drink a lot of that stuff. A lot of tea. Oolong. Lot you of like hashish. the oolong? I like the oolong. Oolong is too better, dude. <laughs> well, that's how, I like my tea to taste like shit, because that's how I know it's... <laughs> It's this is good stuff. No, like if it tastes like sweet tea, it's not doing anything. No, well, I can take you to a Chinese medicine man, and he can make he can make Ooh. you a tea. You're not gonna enjoy it, but you'll feel fantastic. I might get into that. Frog legs, crushed deer oh, wow. antler. Lo- I'm sorry, everybody that's a animalist or animal activist right now is probably hating me. But that's just I mean, the old way of doing medicine. Yeah, it's natural. <laughs> he can make me a bon me too. <laughs> No, but his cousin next door can. Okay. <laughs> Best bond me's in town. <clears throat> yeah, so, but I've definitely noticed that. Like, if you want to do something, it's super easy to just try to go so gung-ho and then not not even to do it one day, and then you're like, oh, I didn't see the results, or it's too hard to maintain. It's so much about what can you do that's sustainable, and what can you, what can you sustain as far as your habits? Like, people that just... I don't know, cold showers popped into my head as an example. Like you start slow, you start small, even though I, I'm not like a big avid cold shower person. Oh, I love cold showers. The I morning. mean, they're great, but I'll just take an ice bath, you know? Yeah, but like not everybody has the ability to like to right. have an ice bath, you know what I mean? Right. Like for me, the coldest my water ever gets is like 62 degrees. But like if somebody in Minnesota is listening, it's like, that's freaking warm, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And also, I've been swimming a lot, too, so I'm cold all the time. And so when I'm in the shower, I'm like, I don't need to take a cold shower. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy the shower. 100%. I'm like, I'm going to enjoy the time that I have to enjoy because I'm cold. I got to convert your your little yeah. deep tank into I it. Was, I was actually looking at that. I was like looking at caulking to buy and how what kind of timer. I found some controllers at Micro Center. Okay. Not sponsored. Uh, but you sh- you guys should. Um, I need to. Because I've got space just to roll it out and back and then yeah. just get it plugged in. Yeah, I'll take the steel one back to my place. <laughs> yeah. yeah, take the steel one. I can convert it into a, an actual ice bath, too. Yeah. And the steel one just, it's, I like the steel, but it's just a pain in the ass to, to get ice when you got to fill it. And you got to go to the store and buy 120 pounds worth of ice, bring it That's home. That's what I'm saying. So I'll it. just buy like a one foot by one foot Peltier. 
it's the same component that we're going to use, but we're going to use a much smaller one for your because it oh, already okay. has one inside the ice in the ice chest. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's do it up. I've, I've been actually thinking I need to do that. Oh, you're going to need to, yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, I love. I've just been going to PJs and doing ice baths over there. I mean, yeah, because he's already converted it, but he said it was like nine hundred dollars to do. The cheapest, yeah. cheapest conversion of the night, a nice chest. I don't think it's got to be that expensive. That's cheap. Really? Expensive would be three thousand with like. Well, you might as well stuff. just buy a, a a manufactured ice. Like the one he has <laughs> is filtered. It's like a, it's its own thing. It filters water in and out. Yeah, it's like really nice. But it's a cust. Like they're trying to, they're trying to bring it to market. So they sent him that to test, got and then it. he got a big sauna and stuff. But he's just down the road, so. I'm trying not to abuse my friendship with him and be like, <laughs> like, hello, <laughs> I'm here for ice bath and sauna. He's like naked inside. Um, what did we want to talk about today? A lot of things. A lot Ooh, of things. you know, did you see um, G, my sister, had a had a game for Stanford? Yeah, she won. Yeah, they won. They're three and zero. Oh. The card, the, cards won. The cards killing it, and um, came back with a. They were a goal down with. 40 seconds and then they were able to the other team the buffs had the ball and they were on their goal their their sideline they went they pulled the keeper they went no keeper so they could press them to get the ball back stole it g got it back on the 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 baseline and then they started working it up scored with like 20 seconds left to tie it tie it up yep and then they came back you said they were down one yeah with 40 left on the clock yep and they worked it, so they worked it back within half a minute. Yeah, I mean it's because the the Buffs had the ball and they could have ran the clock out, so that's why they pulled the keeper because they wanted an extra girl to be able to press them and get the ball back. They had to force a turnover, so they forced the turnover in like seven seconds. She gets it, tosses it. They then they toss it up again, and then they all run up and um, like within like. 20 seconds they were able to get get down and get a goal that's fast yeah it was nail biter and then they won in overtime yeah genesis all right but i was i was looking what no i was gonna ask did she make the goal no okay no no. she was too far back she was like (laughs) she was just she was like (laughs) send it up here we go um she did win the the face off though in overtime oh yeah to get them the to get them up and then and then win. But I was watching the college admission scandal, the doc on Netflix about that whole thing. The recent one with, um, yeah. what was it? Be- was it, was it Becky? Like Aunt Becky from Full House, her yep. daughter, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yep. And they were talking about, it was, I knew about it from the, all the media that it got, but to see and to go in depth of how they did it and what they did and the process you just respect so much. I just respect. I don't know. Like I got a newfound respect for these these girls and and guys that got into these Ivy leagues on their own yeah. on their own merit. You know, you yeah. see these people that are willing to pay, you know, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars to get their kids in and to like cheat the system and get them fake SAT scores, fake ACT scores. Um, you know, bribe different coaches in different programs and pretend that they're actually athletes when they're not. And you see the process that they go through because they value what going to an Ivy league can do for their, so like their connections, their their social status, their, their future. 
and they then you see how hard it is and how few people actually get in which is why they're doing this and then you're just like wow like you know we all know somebody that that did that on their own or most people know somebody that went to an ivy league or was able to do it and it just gives it gave me a newfound respect i was like props to all those people that that were able to do it on their own because your, your brother just gave you some props, G. Just like yeah, you know. I let her. Know. I let her know. I let her know. I let her know. And then I told her like, "Hey, you enjoy it because that shit's almost over. <laughs> <laughs> that shit's almost over." And then here comes the real world. Oh man, college does not get you ready for the real world. I wish they. I heard a comic say this one time. I wish they just had a class called common sense. Like, right is hot. Yeah. Left is cold or the other way around. There we go. I need to take the fucking class. You know, up, down, left, right, take a shower. <laughs> I think too like how to I think there's there's schools now that that teach little kids how to learn, right? They don't necessarily teach they're they're more they more so teach them how to be good learners. Yeah. Not necessarily monastery schools, right? Yeah. Is it monasteries? Mon- Montessori. Mon- Montessori, yeah. yeah. Montessori schools. Um, which is, I think the most valuable in life is being able to be like, put your ego aside, put your education aside and be okay with the fact that, Hey, I don't know shit. Like I got to keep learning and my whole life. I got to keep learning, which I feel like is the biggest thing that I see is people that are just, Hey, I think I know it's like that, that curve. There's a graph of knowledge and like, once you know I forget what exactly the graph showed, but once you know it was like 10% about a subject, your the one side of it, your what you think you know about it goes up to like 100%. <laughs> and then once you know, the more you know about the subject, the more then that that uh that de- de- that decreases. Yeah. So people that think they know everything about a subject, uh, they only think that because they know a very small percentage about it. Yeah. But they know enough to think they know everything. Yeah. Which is the common saying. Like, oh, he knows enough to think that he, he's he got it figured out. Where it's so true. Because anything you get into, you're like, oh, yeah, I got it figured out. I know it. And then you keep learning more and more. And eventually you become somebody that's just like, yeah, I don't know shit, but I'm here to keep learning. And I know enough to, to do stuff and to use it, but I got to always keep learning. Because it doesn't just stop. There's more stuff that keeps getting added in. Every every minute that our world continues to go on, more things get piled into that. So you got You're never gonna learn all of it. I feel like that's the same knowledge curve that guys have about sex. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with, with concurrency to age, like mm. get about eighteen. Oh yeah, I know everything. I know what I'm doing. Yeah, <laughs> you get to about thirty, you're like, uh, I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's and to the emphasis that's put on it, like the way the way people use it, I feel like is is differs as you get older. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And the the how you think about it, because when you're young, it's like it's for a lot of people. It's it's everything. It's everything you think about. It's everything you do. Like somebody once said that everything that we're doing as as humans as men is all like built being successful in business, being the best athlete, being the best whatever entrepreneur whatever we're doing in in our lives is only just a, like a very broad excessive mating ritual like we're doing it's all just peacocking, peacocking yeah. yeah i was about to say peacocking yeah all just peacocking to to get laid <laughs> 
So it's weird to think about that and then to think about, okay, what were some of your, what were some of your motives for doing the things you did in life and were, and, and being able to recognize where they actually were, were they actually because you wanted that or what was your motive or was it because, you know, a long time ago when you were a kid, you saw a movie and it put in your mind that guys with money get chicks. And so you think that, and then you devoted your whole life from that movie to, you know, getting money so you could have women. Yeah, it was the same thing with me in romantic comedies. I love rom coms. I, me too. Don't get me wrong. Like I love them. I love them on a on a entertainment level. Yeah. But if you were to think about it, if you were to think about it and think it in real life, the guys in the rom coms, they're like excessive stalkers. Right. <laughs> right. Like they keep doing these things, and then you wonder why it doesn't work in real life, because if you think about it, the person that you're pursuing and you're doing exactly the same thing in the in the movie you're looking like a stalker to the person in real life. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And I'm going like, oh, that makes so much sense now. Yeah. And a lot of the the ways we react in relationships is is kind of structured and driven by what we see in those rom-coms. Like in every breakup in a rom-com, you see the the girl storm off or the <laughs> the guy storm off. It's usually the girl. The girl storms off and is mad and the guy has to make another grand gesture to, you know, show his love or this or that, or, you know, they set, they're apart for two yeah. weeks and then, or a month, and then a month later, he shows up randomly at her work and declares his love for her. But, I mean, how much of what we actually used in, in younger relationships and in relationships even now maybe that was, is driven by bullshit that we've seen in, in <laughs> yeah, movies? Oh, so many times. <laughs> I mean, when it comes to a fact, when you finally find that person that you can do things like that, then it makes sense to do it. Like, if you randomly show up to, like, for my, for in my, in my case, if I randomly showed up to my girlfriend's work and with flowers or whatever, she would think that was cute. Uh huh. But if I was pursuing her, that'd be no, weird. That would be so fucking weird. Yeah. Like, you randomly show up, she doesn't know you. Like, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, so many things that we've, I've grown up with. I can't say we as a general population I've grown up with definitely were definitely was motivated by movies and I didn't realize the fact that you know fiction doesn't translate into reality mm -hmm. and then like you think about the psyche of okay why am I doing the things that I'm doing in my life where did that stem from where did those those the, that stuff come from and then you can like kind of pin like I don't know you just you don't realize it but there's certain instances when you know, maybe you reconnect with a friend you haven't seen for a while or, you know, you're in talking to somebody and it kind of pops up or you watch a movie you saw when you were a kid and and then you are reminded of these these emotions or these feelings you you felt when you were younger and how much of your life could have been driven by that driver or yeah, that thing that it exactly. that little seed that it planted, yeah. you know, like so many so many kids go through life and then they all have this, you know, all 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 kids or all boys want to, they play army, you know, at a certain age. Yeah. They play soldier and that's what we see. That's what we see as the male, the yeah. male uh, archetype, right? Or the male figure. And so it's no wonder that there's such a big respect for and admiration for soldiers and people that fight for their country because it, in our heart, we all grew up or, you know, a lot of us grew up wanting to be that or pretending to be that yeah. or imagining that. Or playing that in the schoolyard, which is it's weird to think about. 
Um, all right, what I want to I mean, talk about. How do we get to that tangent from your documentary? That's yeah. insane. Uh, anyway. Another doc that I've been watching. For, uh, it's not a doc, but it's that. Yeah, it's a doc series. Formula One, Drive to Survive. Oh, yeah, dude. That's that, super cool. Such, Dude, the reaction time on a Formula One racer is insane. Well, I mean, BrainCo is working with them. Yeah, so Brain uh, Focus Calm and BrainCo, they, they, they work with the BMW team. Yeah. But I don't know that the BMW team was in this. No. Serious. It was one of the highlighted yeah, yeah, ones. It wasn't. Um, Ferrari was. You know what's wild to me is that they go from, you know, I never knew what the the path was because in a lot of sports, you know, like, okay, you play football as a Pop Warner peewee and then you play high school, then college, and then you get drafted and you're in the NFL. How does somebody go from, you know, because these are, these are bred and, and trained drivers. Yeah. So where do they come from? They don't just one day step up into a Formula One pit and then they throw him in a multiple multi-million dollar car (laughs) and send him on the road it's a jet engine with four wheels yeah so (laughs) where do these guys come from and uh in the doc they talk about how their their evolution is go-karting yep and i'm like how do you go from go-karting because like we've all been go-karting yeah but it's the same it's the same aspect just on a smaller track yeah with a a stupid car a shittier car have you well not really i mean those some of those go-karts go they're like 20 grand k1 i've been to k1 oh yeah i mean like that's electric but whatever yeah yeah. so but just just thinking like they that's the progression (laughs) like go-kart formula one like jet engine on a track <laughs> it's it seems like a huge jump no they um, go they go they they showed it it's like go-kart yeah stock car oh, okay um what's the one after that like the le mans yeah cars and then then formula one okay i thought the le mans was a uh it's another it's just type a type of stock car i thought the le mans was a, a specific event yeah, it's a 24-hour, like, right. but like that style of racing. That style of car. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's it's super cool, the ins and outs, and I recommend that one, or somebody recommended that to me, and I like that. And then it kind of played on the Ford versus Ferrari thing that I liked. Yeah. So after watching Ford versus Ferrari, I kind of had a more insight into how that all worked, yeah. and then seeing it play out, I had that appreciation. But you're just like, holy cow, these guys. And then you get involved in the, the drama of it, and then when people crash, you're like, oh! Dude, it is scary how yeah. fast they're going to get clipped like that. That's insane. I don't know. It looks so fun, though. The hairpin turns that they take at uh, that speed? Yeah. I would shit myself. Yeah, I wonder what it, shit what it feels like. It'd be interesting to just be a passenger. There's no passenger seat, but no. like just to be in, to feel what they feel. That G-force on that? That's insane. Yeah, something that's nothing in this world can probably, or not few things in this world can touch i'm sure like you can get a similar feeling from being in like a fighter fighter jet you know <laughs> yeah but at least there's a little similar. bit of like leeway in the air you yeah. don't hit a wall or something speaking of fighter jets did you see um joe biden talking about uh people have been sending me this joe biden's talking about how he's make he wants to make uh what is it body armor that's shaped for women like so it has boobies and and stuff so body armor shaped for women and then maternity flight suits for fighter pilots and i was and i'm just like who okayed that speech (laughs) i'm not mad at him he's just saying what's up the man's just saying what's on the card but who okayed that speech who i did not hear this but this is terrible yeah i'm just i'm okay all right female 
body armored flight suits. Okay, I understand. Female like, body armor, fine. Yeah, yeah. Like, got it. But yeah. maternity flight suits for jet fighters? Yeah, who's sending pregnant who's ladies? Sending, <laughs> who's sending pregnant ladies up in the air? The only thing I could think of is maybe he's got some intel we don't have that says uh, pregnant people, pregnant women, pregnant people, I don't know, maybe men <laughs> these days, pregnant women make the best fighter pilots. And maybe that's our edge. Maybe that's our new edge. Is that we found out from? So we're sending two lives up to from fight testing. For us. That's fucking stupid. We found out from testing that females make the pregnant females make the best fighter pilots. So now we got to give them flight suits for that fit. America here to win. <laughs> Send them up. <laughs> All right. Now, when I said that was stupid, I didn't mean the idea of having a pregnant, like not being able to fly. That's not what I meant. I think that's what you meant. Because you said earlier that you think no women should ever be allowed in the in the military. And I did not say that. <laughs> Why are you putting words in my mouth? Anyway. You said they should be at home. God. Anything that comes out of Christian's mouth is not true. About me, anyway. Other things, maybe. Maybe. Know. We maybe. don't know. I don't know. Can't be confirmed um, nor denied. What I think what they should have done was released information about why they were saying... This yeah. is what, you know, like, yeah, because again, like you said, they might have information that we don't know. And now you're just going to release the speech without like any preface. Yeah. Like, come on now. Yeah. It's just kind of along the same lines as, hey, everything's got to be equal and everything's got to be the same. But again, common sense, like, yeah, medical professionals are saying women shouldn't fly in the third trimester on a, on a on Southwest a, flight, <laughs> on a 747. Yeah. Not going Mach one, yeah. breaking the sound barrier in your second trimester. Like, <laughs> think about that for a second. That is, I wonder if any, I wonder really if, dangerous. if any pregnant person has ever done that, like been in a fighter jet when while pregnant. I wonder if there is any any data on that. That's interesting. I would think that would be weird because the baby's suspended in liquid, and that liquid's just going to move with the so that pressure yeah. on the on the abdomen it doesn't sound good to me i'm not a doctor but and i'm not a <laughs> i don't know a pregnancy doctor but an OBGYN. but it doesn't sound good to me yeah no it does not sound good to me anyways that was entertaining and i saw a little did uh, you see him fall <laughs> i saw the nra posted on instagram they posted a video that video of him falling and they said joe biden will never get my guns because i keep them upstairs <laughs> i was like oh my gosh oh, no the internet is brutal oh man did you see the guy that ran out of the restaurant trying to skip his bill in miami mm -mm. so the, there was this patron or whatever and he was trying to run out of his bill i'm guessing his bill was like a crazy amount Had a, whatever one too many mai tais yeah one too many zeros on the end of it um he runs out he looks like he's about to get away, but he decides to juke and he falls. Gets caught by the guy, and then and his and the other waiter, they both look a certain way, and he's he starts to jet off and he falls again. And he looked like he he looked like the guy that was shoveling snow and like <laughs> fell like fifteen yeah. times within a minute or whatever. And I was like, oh gosh, that's bad. I was like, <laughs> the getaway, <laughs> the getaway sticks failed him. <laughs> terrible. I love videos like that. They've been some good ones lately, but the internet is brutal, brutal place. Dude, undefeated, undefeated for undefeated. sure. Undefeated, undefeated. Um, <coughs> let's talk CrossFit Open before it gets too late on us. CrossFit Open. 
Uh, I'm yep. obviously not doing it. I made a post about it. Yeah. Um, I've been uh, not, or I I posted about it. So if you if you have questions about it, go look at my post. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's cool though to see and follow along and see the progression of of these guys that are that are that are continuing to compete. A lot of guys that I that I competed with um, when I was coming up and um, at the games are no longer in it which is cool to see like a new generation of of athlete and a lot of the guys that I can that I've competed with um that had been coming up are starting to take those spots yep changing of a guard which is super cool to see and you have your your perennial guys that are still doing it um you've got your Ben Smiths that's still in there you got you know Scott Panchicks you've got your guys that have been there a while still up there doing it but you have newer guys like Chandler Smith you've got Justin Medeiros you've got um uh quant you know i was at the games with him and he was a younger cat and he's still doing it which is it's cool to see because he's finally coming into he came second last year and now he's able to to take some top spots which is cool to see that dedication and that grind what do you think the average athlete lifespan like athlete career span would be? in crossfit yeah what it is now because it's so different because everybody gets into it at different times like when i got into it i was i was 19 And I did it for nine years competitively. Like that was my life. You know, I was my, I set my life up. I set my goals up. I set, I was talking to someone about this the other day. Like when I first started, I came from fighting and, you know, playing sports my whole life, but I was fighting in MMA and training for fights. And, and I was focused on what I was doing then. And I, I just transferred that focus. I pivoted to CrossFit. So I only made enough money to afford the, $500 $500 rent I paid to my buddy to live in his yep. second room or basement. It depended mm-hmm. on where, which buddy it was and what time period. And I only made enough money to feed myself and to, um, to basically pay that rent. And then the rest of my time was dedicated to training, recovering, mobility, um, just soaking up. There wasn't a ton of info online yet about it. So I was just trying to get as much info and soak up as much as I could. And it was, you know, from CrossFit, but a lot of it was from weightlift, the weightlifting world, because that was the piece that I struggled with the most coming, having not, not seen much of that and having that be a big part of CrossFit. I knew that was something I would have to get much better at. Yeah. So I delved into the weightlifting world, you know, listening to podcasts by, and like at this point, the podcasts weren't on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. They were uh, YouTube, <laughs> not even YouTube. They were like a website, a fucking random website. You went and you clicked the link, and it just played the MP3 file. And so you had to keep the web page up. Sounds and fishy. and uh, it was John North and Donnie Shankle's podcast. That was one of the only ones that one one of the only bigger ones, you know. Catalyst Catalyst Athletics had a ton of information out there, and they were one of the main sources. Yeah, I've followed Catalyst for a while. Yeah, this is back in 2012, and I was just trying to like find whatever I could and soak it up. And you know, you would see interviews or you know tidbits from the guys that were up there. You know, Chris Spieler, Rich Froning, Graham Holmberg, Jason Kalipa, those uh, Miko Salo, the old cats. But like even then, like now, now knowing what we know and how long we've been in it, like even the information then compared to what it is now, like it was it was so broad. 
Yeah, you didn't know. There's no, there's like no specialization. Like training's so much more like concise now. Yeah, precise too. Well, you've got more money in it. You've got more attention on it. You've got more eyes. So the yeah. level is continues to be raised, which is awesome. And but you know that was when I started, and so uh, but most of the time you never know what the lifespan is going to be like because sometimes you see people that. You know, yeah, but if you were to put like a year, like if you were to put, uh, if I had, if I had gun to my head, I would say average career is probably uh, four years. Yeah, I would say four to five years. Yeah, and I think that that's because of life, like when people get into it and when they start doing it, and the the age that that happens. And so for women, I think it's a lot smaller because there's a lot more at stake for them you know those are peak fertility years for having kids that when they usually get involved in it in the past and so they usually have shorter careers because you know a lot of them don't make it's not making them good money so they're like hey i've got a my life's still gonna go on and i can't continue to stop my life maybe i was able to stop my life and focus on this for five to six years or four to five years but you know I got what I wanted out of it and there is no future there. So I've got to, you know, I want babies. I want this. I want that. Life happens, um, which is men can usually push that a little longer because most men aren't giving birth. I don't know. Nowadays, men and women are the same. There's no there's no gender difference. Apparently, there's yeah. no chromosomal difference. But uh, in in traditionally, men can have a little bit longer. But I would say probably four to five years. Yeah, four to five years for sure. And then on top of that, it's just how much punishment do you want to give your body like and who's training smart a yeah. lot of people train super dumb yeah. and don't take care of their bodies and aren't on specific programs and the i feel like my generation i'll call it and and i was maybe one of the one of the first guys that i knew like no i wasn't the first to do it but i was a part of a generation that was one of the first that actually followed specific programs dedicated to building strength skill and endurance in a linear mathematical fashion where you were following a program and it didn't matter if you quote unquote got a good workout that day or um you know you did a ton of rope climbs like we would only do certain things at specific parts of the season when it made sense and the rest of the time you're building the foundational blocks and then sometimes you have breaks in that and you're resting and you're you know out of the gym and so for a lot of people, they just, they, when I got into it and when I started and was, was moving up, they were a lot of high level guys were just going into the gym and, you know, Oh, I'll just do this today or I'll just do that today or I'll do what he's doing or, Hey, my buddy's coming in. We'll just dick around and then seven days on, no days off. Yeah. Seven days on, no (laughs) days off. They're just dicking around and sometimes they get good work in, but a lot of the times it's not pointed training for any specific purpose. And that's, I, would, I would say your generation too was the first, your generation of CrossFit athletes, like, you know, yeah. Matt's line and all that. Yeah. You guys started looking at recovery options too. Right. Like a lot of, like I, before that, like Rich's, Rich's generation, Jason's generation, they, you know, they just went um, full send. Yeah. Just like every day, all, all day, no, you know, like light stretching, no ice baths, no nothing. But I feel like. Your guys' pizza generation, and shit. yeah, exactly. Pizza, <laughs> peanut butter, drink a yeah. gallon of milk, like go yeah. mad. Like I can't yeah. believe that was a thing. Yeah, I tried it. Right. Oh my god, I threw, almost threw up every day. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, 
recovery was a big thing in your generation as well. So I and mean, not no disrespect to that generation because those were the dudes that got all of us into it. Yeah, those are the guys that we watched and we said, "Hey, I think I can beat that guy," or "Hey, I like that guy. I want to be like him, but I want to beat him." Yeah, I call and them then, the founders for sure. Yeah, you know. Yeah, they're if they if CrossFit had a currency, they'd definitely be on the the dollar bill of CrossFit. <laughs> you know, yeah, for sure. Um, but and no disrespect to them. Who would but, you put on the hundred? Uh, you got to put Rich on the hundred. Really? Yeah. Who else are you gonna put on the hundred? I mean, they put George Washington on the one, and they put Benjamin Franklin on the one. Oh well, I don't. I don't know the. I don't know which presidents on the the bills. Benjamin Franklin wasn't even a president. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Benjamin <laughs> Franklin, not so. Uh, ben Smith on the five. <laughs> I'd say Rich is on the one. He's George Washington. Kalipa's on the on the two. Because it's a rare bill, but like he had Hamilton was no Hamilton's on the ten. I don't know who's on the um, Jackson's shit. on the twenty five. Abraham's on the f- five. Five, yeah. Who's on the second? Who's on the two? I'm gonna look this up. Look <laughs> two this dollar up. bills don't even exist anymore. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! That's a lucky dollar bill, bro. Yeah, it is. I remember when I was a kid, it was always like, "Oh, keep that two dollar bill; it'll be worth more one day." And now it's probably worth like speaking of dollar bills, twice as much. I can't wait. Although Jackson was a badass as a as a general. Um who is this? Jefferson. Jefferson. See, they Jefferson was the third president. Yeah. And he got the shittiest bill. <laughs> yeah. I mean every, everybody thinks Abraham. Who's on the penny? <laughs> Abraham. Abraham's on the penny yeah. too. Abraham's Anyways. You're derailing my fucking conversation. Sorry, sorry. Uh, <laughs> with sorry. with Bill talk, but I'll put Rich on the one. I'll put Kalipa on the two. I'll put um, Spieler on the five. Ooh, that's a good I'll, one. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. I yeah. like that. And I'll put who's gonna go on the hundred? I'll put uh, Miko Salo on the on the hundred. Oh, I forgot about Miko Salo. Miko. Um, okay. Anyways, anyway, what right. I was saying was that. <laughs> The level of competition in our generation and in this generation and moving forward is much higher. The The amount of people that can do what what um, they were doing and winning is gotten way higher. So just like with any sport, it's going to get more notoriety, more money, more all of these things. More people are going to get into it. You have a bigger pool now. So the level raised so much that that's what we had to do like our recovery our our precision our dedication our our what we did to to make sure that everything was about being the best we could was a product of the fact that the the competition was raising every year and Mm -hmm. it was growing at a exponential level it wasn't like nfl competition that's already established that grows but it's grows at a such a such a minute level that you know what to expect there. We were having to grow like a ton every year, yeah. you know. And with that, you know, you have guys that either turn to using drugs or turn to increasing recovery protocols. Yeah. So the guys that, you know, didn't want to cheat and didn't want to be assholes, we all used and got the best recovery protocols we could. We focused our nutrition, we focused our training, we focused our sleep. We literally looked under every rock. Like we looked at, is there underwear that I can wear that will make me better than that guy? Because I'll wear it and I don't care what color it is. But that's the the mindset was everything that I can to get better within the rules. And 
you're going to push the boundaries, you mm-hmm. know, and some guys push it too far and you, those guys get, get caught and those guys, um, you know, have issues. But for most of us, we pushed it as far as we could, you know, with, yeah. within the, within the boundaries of, of the sport and of the rules, which is a part of sport. And I think that some people might criticize that, but most people that understand sports, like that's how every sport is played. That's how every sport is done. Like you even see that in Formula One racing. Like yeah. That's how anything competitive is, is you're going to push everything you can to be as good as you can. And um, and if you need a little help, you're going to find a little help. Yeah. And those guys will get, hopefully the system's good enough that those guys will get caught. Yeah, and eventually. Eventually. And um, won't take away from somebody that isn't compromising in that regard. And uh-huh. they're able to do it in the bounds of what is allowed and what is not. I mean, along the lines of the open, what do you think of the first the first uh announcement uh i thought it was a good i thought it was really cool i thought it was a great test i thought it was a great movement i think anytime that that um crossfit can put out a a workout that has a movement in there that kind of stumps some people and that people haven't seen that's it's almost like they they're so they're very good at finding these movements that people overlook but will devastate you if you're not you know careful about it and if and you also like a movement anyway. like you've done before yeah most people have yeah. done a wall walk yeah. but it's like it's usually seen as a regression to a handstand push-up or a handstand walk yeah and um but it's a great training tool and people that have actually trained specific gymnastics stuff will have seen it a lot and know like hey that's a fundamental uh movement to building a strong yep. over um upside down position and for them to throw it into a workout was pretty cool. I liked the standard they had on it. That was a, a great standard of how, how to measure it and how to make sure every rep was legit. Mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty tough tough bill to, uh, to live up to. Is like, okay, yeah, we've got a great movement, but then how do we judge it for everybody? And I thought that was a, a, good, a good standard. And then I liked the rep scheme. I liked the double under. And uh, the people that couldn't do it, it was just... It's always the same people that like don't train the like <laughs> yeah, how do you gymnastics. get caught with your pants down? You know? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like people were mad about it. I had friends messaging me and people that are, you know, still competing at a high level that were pissed off about this and were mad because it looked stupid and was a dumb movement and it was a regression. It should have been a handstand walk. But knowing everything you know going into the season, it's only three weeks long. Uh, the the first piece of the open. He's yeah. not going to throw muscle ups in there. He's not going to put a handstand walk in there. Nope. He's gonna the the CrossFit is going to put in there workouts that are um, scalable and able to do for the majority of people because they want majority participation and they don't want people to be doing a different movement than their elite people. Yep. They want everybody to be doing the same as within reason. And you just have to know, being a smart individual, that. Hey, they're not going to have handstand walks in the first three weeks. They're not going to have muscle ups. They're going to have very basic stuff and figure it out. Like you're an athlete. Your job is to be an athlete. Your job is to be ready. The sport is be ready for anything. So the fact that you weren't ready for anything is your fault, (laughs) not somebody else's fault for giving you something that that's his, that's the CrossFit's job in this, in this case is to give you something that's challenging that you may or may not have been training for specifically, but is going to bring out the people that have been training the way they want them to be training. Yep. And that exposed a holes in a lot of people's games, which that's nobody else's fault that that's a hole, but their own. So, um, I loved it because I love the drama of it all. And to 
hear people getting pissed off about it and to see the chaos and just to see it. But at the end of the day, you're getting paid by sponsors. You're getting, you're setting your life up to be a professional athlete and just to train for this. And the fact that you got caught with your pants down is embarrassing. And that's probably why those people are so mad. I just, I just love, I hated it when I first, I was like, okay, I understand because not everybody can do a handstand walk, but this is the closest thing you can do for a handstand walk. But I loved it when I found out that I I beat a couple of our training partners. <laughs> I know. I know. That Guys was that I've been like striving to be be like at equal levels. Yeah. Where did you did you do that at Shamba or where did you do that? I one? did it I did it at home. Yeah. So I had to like build out the pavers exactly. Oh, gosh. It was it was And the it was terrible. Uh, I got some bad toe turf. <laughs> turf toe? Turf toe from Toe Turf. <laughs> toe turf. Yeah, that's how bad it yeah. was. So um I thought it was great. I thought week two was a great repeat. I liked that. Like that, that is, workout sucked the first time, the first couple of times we did it in 2017. Yeah, and terrible. I remember it sucking. And I remember the pain in, in my erectors the, the the following days after the workout. And so I thought that's a great, you know, another yeah, I remember great the workout. pain in my shin. It was, it was fantastic. Because <laughs> you hit the box? I hit the yeah. box so hard. Yeah. And so I, I, I like it because it penalizes people for not moving well. And it rewards you for being able to turn your brain off and work. And um, it's a good combination of both skill and motor. And so it'll be cool to see what week three is. And if they throw in, uh, I'll do an official official uh, guess, I guess, right now. And I'll say pull-ups, thrusters, and wall ball. Uh, sorry, no, pull-ups, wall balls. Uh, ascending ladder and then the yeah pull-ups wall balls ascending ladder everything's been a double so maybe it'll be a triplet uh now nah, i'm gonna go pull-ups wall balls ascending ladder that's it mm, i'm gonna do this instead i'm gonna do a pull a push motion so probably like a kettlebell you uh, think it'll be a kettlebell yeah has there ever been a kettlebell in the open no okay no that'd be interesting yeah probably be a kettlebell that's gonna be hard to judge which i think is why they've never done it yeah well probably just a russian swing just to the eye because overhead yeah it's really hard to keep in frame yeah uh pushing motion probably maybe a cindy pull up push up or pull push squat yeah best best cindy score (laughs) because usually they have like some mad yeah usually they have (laughs) Well, it wouldn't make sense, right? The first three. The first three is always a cardio burnout, right? Uh-huh. The last two always cut the general the general fat from the elite. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be three weeks this time. Yeah. So. Uh, and then, I mean, we're coming up on time. But speaking on terms of CrossFit, what did you think of the, the Joe Rogan, Matt Frazier? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that episode. I mean, I, I begrudgingly turned it on. Or no, I was so I was excited when I saw that he was on Joe because that's never been done before. Yeah, not a CrossFit. Never had yeah. a CrossFit person that was an athlete involved in the sport at all on the podcast. And I'm probably, someone can probably pull up a one time back in like 2002 when Joe had some obscure CrossFitter on. But for the most part, he's never had a, a high, he's had Ronnie. <laughs> Oh, for the most part, he would have Ronnie on. (laughs) Uh, For the most part, he's never had anybody in the CrossFit space 
um, competing or involved in the actual business of CrossFit. And he's talked a lot about CrossFit and he's, he's talked a lot about, about styles of training and methodology and had a lot of people on there that talk shit about CrossFit. And so it was cool to have somebody on there that was actually from that world, even though Matt quote unquote is, is technically from the weightlifting world, but he has become, you know, the, the all time best male to ever be on a competition floor in CrossFit, winning the games five times in a row, one more than Rich Fronings, and uh, doing it in dominating fashion. So um, to have him on the podcast, I thought was cool because he lent a light and lent a light into where he came from, which a lot of people I don't think understand his mm-hmm. his journey through weightlifting. And I had a kind of unique perspective on it just because my wife was in that world her whole life, and um, she was on junior world teams with or junior teams with him. And uh, knew him from the weightlifting circuit as he was coming up as a as a junior and as a youth, and um, so I knew of that background that he had and what he did in that world. And and then he was not like like he said on the podcast, like he wasn't a great lifter. Like no. he was he was good, and he was good enough to make uh, junior teams and to you know be invited places, but he wasn't a top tier lifter. And he never made a, a yeah. senior team and he was never able to like get to that next level of lifting. And he was able to pivot that in CrossFit and then, you know, do something great there, mm-hmm. which is so cool to see because it's really easy to dedicate. So like how, however many years he dedicated, probably close to a decade of work in weightlifting and then have it end in a shitty way that, you know, you don't want to have happen, you know, breaking his back twice in, in weightlifting or fracturing his his spine in weightlifting twice and then not not going out how you wanted to never accomplishing the things you wanted to and then to be able to pivot that and and be able to do what he did in crossfit a lot of people would have just walked away from sport altogether and just been like hey it didn't turn out for me and now i'm done yeah which is a testament to the same mentality that got him five victories and and uh it so it was cool to hear him talk publicly about that because i know for a long time he was kind of I don't want to say ashamed, but like kind of ashamed of that weightlifting side. Like yeah. he kind of pushed it away because he kind of wanted to distance himself. What it seemed like is he didn't want people that knew him in weightlifting to know him in CrossFit. He yeah. wanted to build his own separate identity in what he was doing in CrossFit. And so it was cool to hear him publicly talk about those emotions, those feelings, what he did in CrossFit, how he trained, his nutrition. Um, and then also to hear him, you know, have with some gripes about, how it's run. And I think there's a lot of gripes with the leadership in charge and people that are making decisions at CrossFit for the game specifically on the, on the game side. If we're talking about a competition side, not CrossFit as a, as a company, there's obviously issues there, but I'm strictly talking about CrossFit games as a, as a, as a, as a sport, as a competition and to hear his gripes with uh, the, the people in charge and how they were running it and how it's, it is very, unchecked at this point because you know there's not a a check and balance of power you know right now there's a monopoly of power and um you know he definitely felt that with what he was doing and was able to just say you know hey fuck you anyways i'm gonna win anyways (laughs) and and was able to do it and you know that's one of the hardest things to do in sports i think is to take take something when all the odds are stacked against you and and people are legitimately playing it and people in charge mm-hmm. are setting setting it up 
to try to keep you from winning and you still win. I think that's one of the hardest things to do in, in any sport. Yeah. Um, and you see it with, with really great athletes that are able to do it. You know, Michael Jordan, you see him like not get calls, like the refs specifically calling games to let guys beat him up and, uh, and still winning anyways. So you see great athletes that are able to overcome that, but that breaks a lot of guys and that, that can mess with you mentally. And so it was cool to hear him talk about the, that whole aspect. And, um, and then, yeah, I thought that it was it was really cool as a whole just to have a CrossFitter on Joe's podcast because it's the first time. And I, who knows? Maybe it'll be the last time, but I don't know who else he might have on. I could see him trying to get like maybe Tia Ritual, on. Maybe Ritual. Yeah, definitely Tia, you know, because yeah. he'll, he'll just reach out to Matt and Matt will talk to Tia right. or whatever. But I don't know if – I think I think he'll – if anybody on the female side caught he would want to have on, it would be Tia because of her dominance and what she's been able to do in the sport she as needs, well as go to the a, Olympics as an as a weightlifter for um Australia and then also she's trying to go as a bobsledder bobsled, too bobsledder from Australia yeah. yeah so i think that could warrant her going on Joe and they got the same agent i think so right yeah yeah so the they got person. the same agent so <laughs> we know this agent <laughs> yeah the the old red they got old red in, in their corner so they got the same agent so that's a no-brainer. I just don't know that Rich will ever do that. I don't see Rich. Well, the only way I could see Rich now doing it is because Matt did it. Yeah. And so if Matt never did it, Rich would never do Joe. But now that Matt's done it, I think... I or think, maybe maybe that just cements it where he won't do it. Maybe, yeah. yeah. No, maybe it's... Because yeah. Rich doesn't have the... He doesn't have the uh, record anymore, you know? Right. Matt does. Yeah, and I don't know how good that... I've never heard Rich on any podcast, but I don't know how good uh, Joe... Uh, Matt is a very... He'll talk, and yeah. he'll he's not afraid to ruffle feathers and to just, like, talk. And I feel like uh, Rich is a little bit more careful yeah, with what he says. Sure. Yeah, he and does. he's got a lot more writing on the words that come out of his mouth as far as sponsors and yeah. relationships and... And his his businesses and what he has going that ride on on what he has. So I don't know that that it would behoove him to even go on it in the first place. Behoove Christian That's using bigger words. Big now. word, big word. <laughs> I like that word. Behoove. I don't know. I don't know if his uh, was it my word of the day. My word Chris, of the day. I don't behoove. know if Christian's vocabulary now is germane to the conversation. I have right. it. <laughs> I don't know how to spell it, but I know how to use it. Behoove. Uh, yeah, so it was cool. It was a good conversation. But uh, yeah, we have the, the Noble CrossFit Games now and no more Reebok, which is interesting because you see... Yeah, my gripe about that, oh man, they they use like four different fonts as like a, <laughs> yeah. a graphic designer. I'm like, oh, geez. <laughs> pick a font. <laughs> Just pick one. Just two. Two yeah. at most. Yeah. Two at most. Oh, man. Like... My boss would have lost her mind if she ever saw that come across her desk when I was working there. Yeah. Mm-mm. Nope. But no, sir. Talking about unchecked power or unchecked, um, in I guess interests is there is a we kind of knew the Noble CrossFit Games was was coming. Yeah, I mean, like Nike didn't want anything to do with it. Well, Nike did. But way back in the day, but the owners of CrossFit at the time said that we will never sell to Nike, yeah. And they were 
adamant about not, not, uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> the only thing that comes to mind is, do you hate money? Like, yeah. <laughs> do you hate your sport getting bigger than it ever can without Nike? No, I think, I think it's because Nike had so much money, they could get so much more control. You know what I mean? Like right. Reebok, Reebok worked with Greg yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. Because, you know, I've talked to the guys on Reebok and that's, that's how it went down. You yeah. know what I mean? They invited them, him over for a consultation on their CrossFit style, like their mm. CrossFit box. Like they mm. didn't call him over to be like, hey, we want to sign the CrossFit games. And that's why Greg want, signed with Reebok. Yeah. But I mean, as the sport continues, like it has had astronomical growth and that would only increase that growth. And yeah, they're going to lose ownership to a, to a degree. But if you want to grow, like the NFL isn't owned by one dude. No, it's actually a nonprofit. You know that, right? No, the yeah. NFL is set up as a nonprofit. <laughs> exactly. So, but it's not owned by one person. No, it's, it's not owned by anybody. It's, it's based on a board. Right. And they have team owners and all this, but these, if you want it to grow bigger than it could ever by itself, you've got to release some of that yeah. ownership, some of that control and understand what your limitations are of taking it to another level. And I just don't know if the people in charge want it to go. They're the type of people that would say, I don't want it to go to that level because I won't be in charge anymore. So they like being the big fish in the small pond, and they don't want to be the medium fish in the huge pond, you know? I just don't want to be in the pond anymore. <laughs> like, do your way and work upstream to the next the next bigger pond, you know what I mean? Yeah, but because um, the didn't the, the uh, director of the games buy stock or buy percentage of Noble, like, years ago, five, four or five years ago? Mm, I can't. I can't confirm that. I can't speak on that. No, no, no. I mean, like, I don't, I don't, don't I, know? I don't have any, yeah. any info on that or whatever. I, yeah, I so. heard that somewhere. I don't know how true that is. We can look it up. But, um, that's where we got Google. I wonder if that is, if that's, if that's Googleable. Um, I don't know if it's, if he <laughs> bought percentage. Wait, what? Oh, Reebok said something. We have no plans to walk away from the CrossFit Games, Reebok, even with their announcement of the Noble. <clears throat> well, I mean, all the, I mean, Reebok was revitalized by, the company was brought back to life after they lost the NFL deal by CrossFit. So, and they've got, they've got partnerships with some of the biggest CrossFitters in the game still. Yeah. Technically, Nike lost all of their, like, who else is a Nike athlete? Noah. So he's their biggest Nike athlete now. Matt. Well, Matt's, Matt's done. <laughs> well, Matt's still a Nike athlete. Though. Right, but I mean in CrossFit competing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Reebok has the biggest CrossFitters. I think Chandler is a Nike athlete too. Like I said, Reebok has the biggest <laughs> CrossFitters. I love Chandler, but Reebok has still the biggest CrossFitters right now. Well, no, technically Noble probably does. Noble, Noble will, will. will be. Yeah. No, they're. I mean, like Reebok's still a partner. They're just not a title sponsor anymore. Gotcha. Right. They're not paying. Yeah. You know, they're not paying the bulk of the the buck. The bulk of the buck. Um, so we can't find any any confirmation on whether whether some. Yeah, like I'm not. I'm, sideways stuff I, happened. I I, I heard that. that, and it was probably like uh, rumors. But who knows? Who knows if that's true? Who knows if that was discussed and never happened? Who knows? 
what happened there. I'm not going to go ahead and say like, oh, it's true because I heard it because, you know, we hear random crazy shit all the time. And yeah, that's why we always try to fact check it as much yeah. as we can. When we so <laughs> I had heard podcast. that. Take it for what it is <laughs> <Yeah>. as as <laughs> what do they do on Instagram? Not yeah. with the little warning. This is not true or something. You know, on Instagram, how they like block something out and be like, oh, "This got has been it. Yeah, fa- yeah, or Twitter, yeah. like this has been fact checked to be false." Fact- yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that that whole stint <laughs> was fact checked to be false. So sorry, <laughs> we're not cutting it out, but it's in there. Yeah, if but I can't talk about something, then I'm not going to say anything. So, but it's fake, <laughs> fake news. If you made it past it, <laughs> most people now are just going to do the same thing. And be like, "Oh yeah, I heard that," but hey, it's fake, or it's not fake, but it's non-confirmed <clears throat> sources, non-confirmed data, but. um yeah, I like this podcast. I like this solo episode. We are do you have a, coming you have in on the one close. more topic. We no, can... dude, it's fifty-eight, <laughs> and I told you I'd be done at well, sixty. No, we started. We started uh, like ten minutes into that. Oh, we did. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, well, so we're now we're only at forty-eight. We're only at forty-eight. Oh, right perfect. Now. Yeah. Uh, one more topic that I wrote down. What else did I want to talk about? I like the CrossFit stuff. Like, if podcast. it's too long, I can either cut fifteen minutes at the end or fifteen minutes in the beginning. Cut but, it all. <laughs> Cut it all. Cut that out. Cut all, <laughs> cut all this out. Cut um, oh, yeah. Do you know anything about Hepner? What he's doing? No. What? A, tell me. He uh, he announced that he's done competing. Um, he's going to be coaching and then doing some other fitness things. I think he's competing. He's announced that he's competing in Ben Hepner. <laughs> I, I was like, who's Ben Hepner? He's competing in some type of tactical games. So he's announced that he's retiring from individual competition. Let's see. I'm just reading off this thing. Uh, he will not. He'll remain repart, part of the community instead. Simply go back up. Remain a part of the community instead of simply disappearing in Kansas. Um, he did announce on his video that he's going to be doing uh, some tactical game thing where you you know work out and shoot and work out and shoot. Wait, um, the the tactical games? Yes. I know the I know the guys that run it. So if nice. we're ever out in Texas or they're out this way, we can have them on the podcast. Sweet. But the tactical games, is, uh, it's more heavy shooting, uh, right. but it's because I help a friend kind of design uh, a workout, but it's based on like true live battle events. Right. So like I I made one up and I kind of like sent it to, and I called it the Mogadishu Mile based on the Mogadishu Mile. <laughs> yeah. Whereas like a team event, but they also have like sniper competitions where, you know, you have to carry like all your gear, do burpees and, yeah, you know, carry people and then having to shoot your target with your heart rate that high, which is extremely hard. Oh, yeah. Um, extremely hard. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't hear this. Yeah. This was Monday? No, this was like well, a couple weeks ago. Monday, March, March 8th. 8th. March 8th. March yeah. 8th. Um, and of course, we're checking all of our CrossFit facts on Morning Chalk Up. Where is, uh, I'm here to announce today, da, 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 da. go back down to where it says. Uh, back uh, up, you mean? No, down. Yeah, right there. Um, okay. Big picture. Hepner expanded his portfolio in recent years. He is the co-creator of Stream Fitness, an online platform that provides at-home fitness classes, yada, yada, yada. Other examples are Grit, an online programming platform, functional eating, and nutrition-based company. Uh, yeah, so he's stepping away from the competitive floor and um, pursuing some other things. He said he's also doing one other thing that he wasn't going to announce yet. So who knows what that'll be? Um, but yeah, he's gonna—he's an active dude. He lives in Kansas. He likes to shoot. He likes to work out. He's obviously going to stay involved with his coaching and his businesses in the CrossFit world. 
Unfortunately, the golden age of CrossFit is in the rearview mirror. A sport that 10 people in the world can earn a living at is unsustainable. <laughs> David Jakes, two weeks ago, that was a comment. Uh-oh, somebody responded. I completely disagree. <laughs> I'm not reading all of that. Uh, it's probably somebody younger, that's why. Is he going to box JB? This is a question I got, too, on my thing. As somebody, People are keep asking people, are, are they going to fight Josh Bridges like in a boxing match? And I don't know what that's about or what that. So came Josh from. Bridges originally had a boxing match between him and Dave Castro, right? But then when the whole thing went down with Matt, Matt's, uh, Matt's interview with uh, Joe Rogan, and then Savant's podcast with him uh -huh. and Josh Bridges, where <laughs> they were like teasing him a bunch, uh -huh. um, teasing Matt, teasing no, teasing Dave, Dave, like on the sixth podcast, yeah. I think Dave said something along the lines of like, oh, you guys will never make it past five episodes or whatever. Yeah. And so on the sixth one, they started the episode with FaceTiming him. Yeah. They called him and he goes, yeah. what's up, guys? And he's like, bloop, I'm not going to have him on our fucking podcast. <laughs> like, <laughs> Savon did that. Yeah. As a joke. I, yeah. I'm guessing he talked to Dave beforehand. I bet he did it. Savon, Savon likes to ruffle dicks. Dude, Savon is such a contrarian. I, I fucking love that guy. Yeah, Savon's great. Um, I don't agree with certain things that he says but i i love that love that guy to death for how contrarian he is um don't but, be a bitch back him 100 <laughs> percent. everything that he comes we, out of his mouth we could agree to disagree there's <laughs> shit just, that we agree to disagree I'm just here. With you. um where was i going with that uh you were just talking about how savon was uh fucking with dave oh yeah so yeah he, he ruffles his feathers so after that ruffling happened yeah. he, uh dave canceled on josh so josh doesn't have an opponent anymore so oh, that's why that's why people everyone's are, been sending like hey go fight this guy yeah. hey go fight this that guy. that makes sense now yeah so yeah i mean i've seen bridges box it's it's not pretty but i've seen videos <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's a crossfitter he's a muscle-bound crossfitter yeah that but i would hate to get hit by a lucky shot you know what i mean i mean and but if you're in it's a boxing so match much you're force. wearing 16 ounce gloves like those gloves are so big like yeah it still doesn't feel great i know but if you're looking at potential potentiality of getting knocked out unconscious from somebody that can't throw a punch <laughs> <laughs> i don't think i mean there's always a one in a million shot for sure you know what i mean oh yeah i mean it's a fight anything could happen like i've gotten know? sidewinded by a by a the chandelier can fall down and kill you both yeah 100 <laughs> if you're fighting at the mgm grand um but Ooh, i don't I, has he been training for like a, a box so he was just boxing to train for dave i think so yeah, yeah. i think this is what they were getting at well because now there's now we're in the age of of prize fights where anybody can call anybody out and get together a fight if they have enough followers or or clout because you see logan paul and and jake paul being able to call out high level fighters there's I mean, that, is that Mayweather Logan Paul fight happening? Mayweather Logan Paul is supposed to happen, and mm, this just, Jake Paul mm. and uh, he's trying to get Dylan Dennis to fight Jake Paul, and Jake Paul is obviously trying oh, to that's get right, yeah. McGregor Dylan in. Dennis one. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the year we hear announcement of a McGregor beats Poirier and and gets on top of that. If McGregor beats Poirier, I I think McGregor will take a Paul fight. Boxing, boxing match, boxing. Money. I mean, it's just because money. money. It's mo it's so much, so much money that 
at this point, McGregor can't turn stuff like that down. My theory, though, if like Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather fight, Logan Paul has such a size advantage. He's big. It's, I mean, like he's he a can, big boy. He can wind up and take get one lucky shot, and that's a lot of weight going. He's not Floyd. going to. But yeah, I mean, like that's Floyd the only, is yeah. too good to step in that ring and not win at this point in his career. Yeah. If there was any doubt in Floyd's mind that he might lose, he wouldn't take the fight. Isn't the, it like a 50-pound weight difference or something like that? Yeah, Floyd's a small dude. Yeah. And Logan's a big boy. He's, He's a like six, big farm six, boy. Two, six, six two, I think, and well over 200, 215 probably. Yeah. Um, that fight with a basketball player. But they're actually, they move well. They're athletes. The Jake and Logan Paul. They've both wrestled. Yeah, they were wrestlers. Jake was yeah. a wrestler growing up. Yeah, they were wrestlers. And um and move they move really well. And they've been training for it. Like like anything, like they did with their YouTube channels. Like when they get their heat seeking missile set on something, it's blinders on, we're going. Yeah. And they did that with with fighting and training and they've they're the best promoters of themselves and what they're doing. And so it's just a deadly combination to be able to lure these these like they're gonna catch somebody. Like I'm not saying Mayweather's gonna lose to to Logan, but they're good enough and talented enough and good enough at promoting and pulling people out of like the shadows and into into bad situations that I wouldn't be surprised to see one of them catch catch somebody. Like surprising. I'm I'm like I don't know. I just I feel like this is hurting boxing. It's hurting boxing. It's also hurting uh um but I mean, boxing was hurting already. I mean, that, boxing hasn't been the same since since s- MMA started. Yeah. yeah, since MMA got huge. Since yeah. MMA had huge stars. Yeah. Um, but they, uh, I mean, it it would. Uh, yeah, I would be. But I mean, now you're seeing Thor and Eddie Thor? Hall, yeah, Eddie Hall training fighting. for a fight, <laughs> which. Oh fuck. <laughs> Dude, for the casual fan, these fights are more exciting than a lot of the MMA cards right now. Yeah. Um Dude, Eddie Hall and Thor fighting each other. God. That's gonna be a shit. That's gonna somebody's gonna get put Hurt. out. Somebody's gonna get put out. <laughs> it's four hundred pounds or, versus four hundred pounds. Or neither are gonna get put out, and by the second round it's gonna be like <laughs> just two cows laying on each other, <laughs> breathing so hard, heart beating through their chest. Who was it? I saw I saw one of them training for boxing, and I'm going like, "Ooh, you're gonna need a little bit more work." I'm just like, yeah. I mean, one of, one of these. It's not natural <laughs> yeah. for a lot of people that have been in a strength sport. Boxing is not an like not a fluid. It's motion not a, for sure. Yeah, it's not as natural as and uh, striking is all about like rhythm, timing, smooth. Um, that snap back, like. All of that being loose and fluid, and if you're tight and muscle bound, I mean, just look at Izzy versus Paula Costa. Like you're talking about two guys that, even in the fight, the best of the fight game, even in the the pinnacle of the fight game, are the epitome of tight, muscle bound destroyer Costa. and smooth, and skinny, fluid. fluid, trained, dialed Style in, better. precise. Uh, yeah, Izzy, and it, it was a no contest. Yeah, that was a great fight, though. Oof. It was, it was fast, but it was great. <laughs> the last weekend, or two weekends ago, with uh, Stylebender and um, the Polish Power. What's his name? Blokovic. Yeah. Um, um, that was a great fight. That was a good fight. 
I mean, Izzy, Izzy did what he could, but... Dude, he had... I mean, there's a size and weight difference. <laughs> yeah, he just couldn't overcome that. Yeah, no. And his power couldn't translate that heavy um, to, I, that guy, to that guy. I think Joe was saying, like, he was one of the few fighters that he saw, like, knock somebody out and probably knock the, the, uh, his opponent into another dimension. Uh, Polish power? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Just, yeah. And the way he... Um, yeah, so... But Izzy st- stepped up to a, a world beater at a 20-pound heavier weight class, fighting a huge size advantage, and held his own, struck toe-to-toe with him. Like, he clipped him a couple of times. Yeah. He hit him hard. And he got hit hard and was there the yeah. whole fight. And it was back and forth, and he lost it, obviously. But um, it wasn't a devastating loss. Yeah. It wasn't like it was a bad loss. It yeah. was like if you give him a little bit more time and on another night, he could he could walk he could win. But I don't know, man, with the hit the hits that he was taking though, I was just like, oof. oof. And also you look at the size the size differential on the ground. You noticed it when yeah. they went to the ground. Yeah. When he got tired and then he was able to get taken down, he wasn't getting back up. That size advantage. Yeah, that's like taking a bazooka to a panzer tank. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like both devastating, yeah. but still like one fighting the other. It was just like yeah. bink. I'm looking forward to next fight we've got on our schedule is Darren Till and Marvin Vittori. Oh, the Italian dream. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, wait. Italy. <laughs> I mean, we're rooting for Marvin I, for sure. I, but did I you like see? Till, but Marvin's Marvin's our oh, yeah, boy. 100%. Marvin's our boy and he's he's stepping up. And no, I, but did you see our other boy win? Yeah. Euros? Euros? Oh, dude, when I saw it I was like the doctor's in the house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just remember that when you you're on Pardon Me podcast, you become a star. <laughs> Undefeated since fighters have been on this podcast and we're looking to keep the streak alive. And that's how we're ending it. Peace. Peace.